Hey, this is Mark, and welcome back to The Table. I've entitled this episode, Remember. And the reason that I've called it Remember is one of the most important um, moments in the life of faith, and one of the most powerful stories is that story uh, on Passover whenever Jesus decides that he wants to eat Passover with his disciples. And as they're eating, he is at the table with them and they are reclining there and he does something and flips the script. And I think it's important for us to remember what that celebration was about. That celebration was a reminder of Israel's history of their roots um, in Egyptian slavery, where they were dominated by oppressors. They uh, were slaves that lived in horrible conditions. Even at times in the Exodus story, uh, Pharaoh adds even more burdensome labor to them and God delivers them and he delivers them from the place of being the oppressed. And God institutes this uh, celebration of Passover as a time of remembrance, remembering their deliverance, remembering the miracles of God, remembering that God parted the Red Sea and brought them through, remembering the fact that he brought them out of a land uh, that they were um, enslaved in into a land uh, flowing with milk and honey and all the promises. And so Jesus is here in this story and he is telling them uh, when he takes the bread and he takes the cup. And of course, we know what he said. You know, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which was given for you. He takes the cup and talks about the blood of the new covenant. And they're in a new exodus. They are in a a time of deliverance in the presence of Jesus from being slaves to the world system. It's reminiscent in many ways of their time in Egypt. They were living in Jesus' time under the Roman occupation. And so they weren't given equal status. They were treated um, subserviently or lesser. And so they didn't have all that God had promised them. They weren't living in that time of celebration and freedom and joy. And it takes me back to uh, God's time when he's speaking to them in the Old Testament and he delivers them and he tells them, he says, I want you to remember to do justice, to remember the poor, to have show mercy. And it's a short time later after the Exodus story in which uh, David's son, short time, relatively speaking, and David's son, Solomon, begins to build a temple. And he does that on the back of slaves. He takes 700 wives and has 300 concubines. And he forgets uh, the the deliverance from oppression. And when we forget our deliverance from oppression, when we forget the grace and the joy and the love that God gave to us, the forgiveness that he extended with no need for transaction, that he declared on the cross, uh, 
Father, forgive them for they know not what they do without us ever having done one thing, believed something, uh, made a confession at an altar, did penance, gave to the poor, any of those kind of things. He benevolently forgave us in sheer mercy and sheer grace. And when Jesus is at the table and he's saying, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And what's fascinating about this is so often we just picture the cross, you know, and remembering his death, his burial, his resurrection, which I think is all part of it. But we also forget the way he lived, the way he touched the leper that the law wouldn't let uh, lepers be touched, the way he, you know, gave blessing to the Canaanite woman, the way he treated the tax collectors, the way he saw Zacchaeus and the traders and all those people that had been marginalized, pushed to the side, stepped upon. Jesus seemed to find a special place in bringing them into this Exodus story. And so when Jesus is at the table and he's saying, remember, he's challenging these disciples who a short time earlier were arguing about who would be the greatest in the kingdom. And Jesus is speaking, whoever would be the greatest would be your servant. For the son of man didn't come to be served, but to serve. And he stands up from the table and he takes a towel and he gets down on his knees and he washes the dirt off Peter's feet. And I don't think we think about that because we live in a somewhat in the first world, if you're where I live, first world nation where you can pretty much walk down the street and not get a whole lot on your feet, even if you're not wearing any sandals, but their feet were covered in mire and sewage and dirt and spit and animal defecation and all manner of things that would were deemed unholy. And Jesus takes and cleans them and washes them. And he says, remember, because it isn't long later after this Passover, after this death, after this burial, after this resurrection, that the church goes through a struggle. And Peter rises up and begins to get upset that the Gentiles are coming in. He's standing in his Jewishness rather than standing in his in Christ identity where every wall and barrier of separation has been taken down. That Paul would say, there's no bond nor free nor male nor female nor Jew nor Greek. That literally everything that defined us outside of Jesus has been taken away and God has summed up all humanity in this beautiful exodus of his name nature of his story, of his redemption, of his reconciliation, and of his retelling of that entire story of the human race. And we see in the book of Acts when they're doing the Lord's Supper and they begin to celebrate and there's this big feast because they were feasts back then. And they were feasting and there's this division between who's getting food and who's not getting food. And some people are being seen as superior at the table and those are their are not being able to be uh, given the same privilege to be included in the community. We see that it became an apostolic mandate that they would deal with this issue because there is no separation between us. But it's so easy for us whenever we, the Exodus people, whenever we, the delivered people, whenever we, the uh, Greek would call it the ecclesia, the called out ones, when we've been delivered, it's so easy for us to forget. 
And it's so easy for us to forget that we need to give grace. We need to embody the delivering message and nature of Jesus Christ and not set up empires that keep people out and allow others in. You see this all over church. When church becomes an empire, the celebrities are celebrated. The people have the chief seats who are most popular. The ones who've written the best books are given preeminence. People are ushered in and out of meetings as if they're presidents of countries, but yet we're all kings and priests. We're all brothers and sisters. And it's so easy for us to forget to remember the way Jesus lived and acts. So when he says, remember me, as often as you do this. Remember how he treated people. Remember how he honored the least of those. Remember how he acted in the midst of power, that he chose to be humble rather than to exalt himself, that he chose to reach beyond the confines of religious construction to to bring other people in and part the Red Sea, the sea of separation between liberation and slavery. And it's important for us to not take this gospel message and enslave others to it through a system of morality and good works that they would somehow be included at the table if they were just simply good enough. But the reality is that God didn't come to clean up good people. He came to resurrect the dead. And so this is the story of us on this journey. This embodiment of Christ on the earth is to remember as often as we do this, remember where we came from so that we who were once the oppressed do not take the message of Jesus and become the oppressors. This is the table of the Lord. It is not the table of the church. And God is the one who's invited people to dinner and we should celebrate all the guests that he chooses to honor.